And guess yeah. what? If you can print money out of thin air, you can get a good lawyer. <laughs> That's true. true. You can get the best lawyer. What is going on, Crypto Basic Podcast listeners? It's Flagship Friday. I'm Brent Philbin, and I'm here this week with the only people who did any work for this show, Adam Levy and Kareem Baruke. What's up, y'all? Hey, what's going on? Hello, everybody. It is time to cover the goings-on happenings and interesting facts and funny things of the week. It's Flagship Friday. Flagship Friday was created to just be a follow-up to the news on Friday. And really, we recorded on Thursday, so sometimes we miss some stuff. But it's the 83rd Thursday in a row that we've recorded Flagship Friday. I can't really say that we've hit every Friday release anymore because when Jason was in the hospital last week, I didn't get it out until Saturday. So I don't really know. I mean, whatever. Sorry, y'all. Fake news. We've never missed a day. Continue. Never missed. That we is We live true. in a post-truth world, Brent. Stop being so self-deprecating. Yes, sorry. Now... More importantly, one of our favorite parts of the flagship Friday and one of the few parts that Brent's going to tackle today is our rapid fire section. Rapid fire time. Last week, I actually threw in the rapid fire drop that you guys hate because it's the only one that I had and I didn't feel like looking for the other one. So it, it was the click, click, boom one that like I put in and actually, I guess Adam never experienced the vitriol for that particular rapid fire drop. But yeah. Kareem and Mike This rapid that. fire is already starting off not so rapid, rapid wow. fire. I'm wow. I'm just going to assume Brent has jet lag. Continue, Wait, Brent. did it actually start yet, though? If I haven't even done the first story, I feel like I can still <laughs> you know, get, keep the lead in and not be... <laughs> We're all in charge of our seats. <clears throat> Kareem passed you the ball. He passed, you know, he said, hey... Yeah, I'm dribbling. Brent, I haven't take gotten it. onto my pivot foot yet, okay? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> all right. It's rapid fire time. We are going to talk about a German startup called Fundament, which is sounds kind of like a combination between not playing a tournament and playing a tournament, because if you're not playing a tournament, you might be having fun, and if you're playing a tournament, it's a tournament. Uh, it just received the go-ahead for the first tokenized real estate-backed bond that will be offered to investors. It's got a $250 million offering approved by... The Bafin, which is Germany's financial regulator, apparently. And it will run on the Ethereum blockchain using Ethereum ERC-20 tokens. So it's like normal real estate investing, but on blockchain. Pretty, uh, that's pretty exciting. All right. Yeah, it's pretty cool that Germany, you know, the country is approving that. You know, they're, they're going through the correct channels. I'd also like to point out that we have in our show notes a little picture of this article from Coindesk. And the art, it, it has Bafin in the picture, but above it, it says Asia is leading the way in crypto adoption on a global scale. Join thousands of your peers to learn why. I imagine that's an ad for something, but it looks really funny in context of talking about Germany. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Iran is officially recognizing cryptocurrency mining as an industry within its borders after a few months of discussion. Iran is enticing miners because of the cheap electricity rates available, and they had previously seized and shut down two mining farms last month, but have decided that it's now legal. So they originally seized them. Now it's fine. Honestly, I think this is something that we need to investigate as the United States and send them a little bit of freedom. (laughs) Okay. All getting around aside. However, though, that's a good reminder, Brent, that Iran was one of the countries we talked about who is exploring... Uh, blockchain as a way to get around U.S. sanctions. So it makes sense that they're getting a little more blockchain friendly because they probably are going to start needing a blockchain infrastructure. Yeah, I I do like and appreciate what's going on here because they are seeing an alternative to being beholden to us and our dollar. And uh, I think that other people will see that. And obviously, we are visionaries in this space because we see it already. But <laughs> we've definitely stated in the past that uh, these small countries are seeing cryptocurrency as like a once in a lifetime, once in a country's lifetime kind of opportunity to elevate their own game. And because they can move faster than a big country like us. 
Yeah. yeah, and it makes the most sense for a small country to adopt it, especially when they're in a spot where the global reserve currency is causing problems for them. All right, yeah. but to, just to be clear, though, we're not talking about Iran here, right? Because Iran is a big, big, big country. So we're saying like small countries and also countries that have an adversarial relationship to the United States, that even when they're really big, like Russia and Iran, they have to start exploring other payment infrastructures, I guess. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Iran, yeah, I, w- I was actually mistaken. Sorry, I kind of just thought that Iran was like a for some reason a lot smaller. No, um, Iran is huge, huge. Yeah, no, eighty-one million population. That is a big, big. I probably lost the, the under on country. that. I did not realize there were that yeah. many people there. That's like two x more than Canada, <laughs> dude. That's why everybody says. Quick side note. All the people saying now, you know, careful with the war with Iran, because it would be way worse than Iraq. Way yeah. worse. Iran is bigger. They have more money. They have more people. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, moving on from Iran, we're going to run on to the next story. Brave browser adds the ability to withdraw the bat earned from ads after verifying your wallet through our favorite exchange, Uphold. All right. I'm going to say a couple things. One. I've gotten some Brave from ads, and it's pretty cool. I've gotten like, it's like $4 a month or something like that, or $3 a month. So that's, if it does appreciate, that'll end up being pretty fun. Second, Uphold doesn't suck as much as it used to because they stopped with those random fees for like holding your money on the site, and their fees are not as bad when you withdraw. So they at least heard people's concerns. I still don't think it's a great exchange, but it is better than it used to be. So it's not the end of the world. Oh, I, I do want to mention that in the reddit thread one of these you know headlines for brave was posted about this there was a lot of discussion about kyc and how the, it seemed like very split you know a lot of people were oh yeah that's totally fine i'll give them kyc get a couple bucks back whatever and other people were saying that kyc is inherently against blockchain like the the ethos of crypto and bl- blockchain and decentralization so maybe at some point bat will there will be new ones that come i out. don't think that's accurate I, it's against the ethos of a privacy coin or something like that like but the brave was never made to be that way brave is selling ads yeah. like brave's browser is privacy focused but the basic attention token isn't look and ultimately it's a form of gatekeeping which we you know some people might agree with or it might resonate with some of our values but it doesn't serve the um, space you know what i mean because if we really want blockchain we've talked about this before if you want blockchain to follow the development curve of something like the internet where we're saying okay yeah this technology is revolutionary it's everywhere then it doesn't really make sense to put it in a box and say no it has to be this, only this vision of this political group that was there at the beginning. Well, no, blockchain is just an infrastructure that's going to be used for a lot of things. There is no ethos around blockchain. Many different ethos will be developed around blockchain and will use blockchain and exploit and manipulate and whatever. Like you just you don't get to say what the real ethos of blockchain is. That's not how it works. Blockchain is a tool. Yeah. Also, this isn't going to be the way it is forever with Brave so or with Base Contention Token because we talked with Luke a couple times in the show and mentioned Uphold as a concern, and he was pretty clear that there are going to be other options in the future. They're on Coinbase. I see a future where you can probably do this with Coinbase, and then there will clearly be a future where you can just handle all this stuff on your own. But right, they needed a fiat on-ramp, and they got one with Uphold. Yeah, they, as an American company operating in a space that is... Still very unregulated. I mean, I guess argue, maybe it's even you want to go say completely unregulated because there really haven't been that much guidance for these companies and how to operate. Or sorry, not whatever, <laughs> but you get what I'm saying that it, it's still, you know, you want to if you're going to operate in America, you should probably go about it the right way until things are figured out and there are rules set in stone. So I can't really hate on the Yeah, Once we have rules that we know how to skirt, that's even better. (laughs) All right. Next 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 one. It appears final. My favorite airline, Norwegian Air, is going to be accepting Bitcoin and opening a crypto exchange. Only for customers living in Norway, unfortunately, for now. But they do plan on rolling out their exchange, Norwegian block exchange, in neighboring countries over the coming months. So the title of this was Norwegian Air to accept Bitcoin. The actual piece of this article that is kind of hilarious to me is they're opening a crypto exchange 
<laughs> like that is a weird pivot for an airline company. Well, they apparently they were getting wrecked in the past. Uh, yeah, well, it's hard year. to make money if you're so they're, they're, like they're I can definitely- get a Norwegian flight from Fort Lauderdale to Oslo for a hundred dollars. So that is, I don't understand how they can make a profit on that. It says the group shares are down 75% since April oh, that 2018. Makes That's why they want to get into blockchain. They just feel like camaraderie with us. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, that's the not so rapid rapid yeah. fire. I called it. Brent was still dribbling. But I mean, we definitely we interrupted. Him we fouled sure. a little bit. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. yeah, we deserve that. But let's move on to the stories yeah adam why don't you move on to this story here that you're hinting at this was the only thing that i followed this week with crypto news and adam stole it from me by actually doing research on it so well i mean you guys branded me as the tron guy so i'm reporting tron news explain what is going on here with your boy justin son so justin son is you you have the inside scoop back (laughs) in the news so this is just kind of odd there's been some you know weird reports going on with him and apparently, so we're going to say on, I think it's July 23rd. This is uh, two days ago, correct? It's the 25th. I'm pretty sure. Wow. I can do math. Yes. Tuesday, July 23rd at 620. Uh, what is UTC? What standard time is that? Is that British standard time? Like the, no, that's uh, UTC is, um, what does that stand for? It It's for, it's Geneva? coordinated universal time. Okay. Is what it says. So that the, they basically say that, and um, he's it says, or sorry. So at three o'clock, three thirty, Justin Sun is under Chinese government control, meaning he is not facing formal charges at this time, but is not allowed to leave the country. Reported by a Beijing-based news outlet called uh, Kaizen. I'm not really sure how to pronounce the X in uh, you know here. It's but, like an S. Yeah. Then three hours later. It's reported by a Periscope video done by Justin Sun that he is now in San Francisco with the Bay Bridge in the background. And wait, what? Like three hours later. Yeah. So I'm just like really confused by this. And then he then says, okay, I can't make the lunch. And then after that, they're being told about uh, their allegations of illegal fundraising for Tron's ICO back in 2017 and apparently allowing Tron users in China to use gambling to gamble, which isn't allowed on, on Tron's blockchain. It's just an entire mess altogether. But that's kind of what we have come to know and hate yeah, about Tron <laughs> and hate. Yeah. Yeah, Expect, for sure. Yeah, we got more Wait, information coming, guys. We didn't. We failed to mention this, but at some point, he said he had kidney stones. He oh, was like, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't make it because I have kidney stones. Yeah, so he basically started with that health claim. Then that's when the Chinese outlet that Adam was talking about came out. But it turns out that apparently that's like a government-based um, outlet. So a lot of times when they print something like that, it could serve as a call out or like a warning to people. And he did a blog post basically apologizing, trying to explain the situation. And it sounds actually like he's pretty scared. Like it sounds like he really fucked up. So I oh, took some shit. quotes here to to share with you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first he starts saying that like, oh, this whole thing originated because I admire Warren Buffett and his love of charity. And of course, I wanted to promote blockchain. So these are all positive things. But unfortunately, his selfishness and his immature words and deeds detracted from the effort in his mouth, got in the way of his good intentions. He says that this whole thing with Warren Buffett failed because of overmarketing, which generated a lot of consequences that he did not expect. He did not expect, by the way, that apparently... <laughs> anyway, he didn't expect consequences from, from being Tron. a meeting with the, the one of the richest... What are the richest, most famous people in the world interacting with them in a scammy yeah. way? That's not going to generate job, consequences. Justin. Okay, continue. Oh, apparently there is a periscope of him live streaming, like literally peeing out the kidney <laughs> stones. No, I'm just kidding, but just thought that was kind of... Jeez. Come um, on, live stream, oh that's God. pretty good. So... Wow. 
As a, <laughs> as a quick reference, real quick, to be fair, he did pay the money to the charity that he was supposed to. So he paid the money. So there's definitely something weird going on. But here's what he wrote towards the story. Like going back to that idea that he's kind of scared right now. His blog post, here are some quotes. In the past weeks, I had my darkest moments with sickness and tiredness. I suffered the biggest drama ever in my life from people's doubting and questioning. How dare, How dare they, Kareem? Question, it's almost as That's if not- he has not been completely forthright his entire career. <laughs> when he gets to, to the magazine that printed that he was under Chinese custody or whatever, he says, oh, that they are such a great journal that they are such a good journalistic outlet that he's learned so much from them that he invites their leadership and they're oh my teaching them about marketing and all this stuff. Then he writes in this quote, this is, bro, this shows you the difference in the society. This is where you know you're living in two separate worlds. Quote, for the elders, leaders, and regulators who care about me, I would like to express my sincere apologies to my premature marketing and words and deeds. I am deeply afraid of the adverse effects caused. I am oh young. Oh my God. Not deeply involved in the world. And the blockchain belongs to an emerging Jesus. industry. I am immature. It is the big pattern of the elders of the regulator agencies and their great vigilance makes me understand the importance of social responsibility and social influence. Guys, what do you think? Is he fucking uh, scared right now? I think he is. Amazing. So this is what we asked of Justin every time he did some dumb Justin shit. We just wanted him to be like, ah, yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. Or like, yeah, I'm being a little over the top. So it looks like finally, you know, he was suggested by somebody that wasn't Crypto Basic Podcast or the rest of the crypto community that isn't like a Tron fanboy and <laughs> uh, and actually cared because they could put him in jail forever. Yeah, no. And uh, like Adam was saying, he's in double trouble because not only did it look like he did some illegal stuff with fundraising for Tron, but also that other social media website. Remember the one that he kind of scamily did a contract with himself or something. Apparently, yeah, game doc or something. It, it, he just owns a, like a like a Chinese MySpace or something, and oh, okay. he saw. Then he like announced that he made this big contract with a giant social media, or whatever, and it was like his other company. So he just made a deal with himself in the mirror. Very impressive. Um, yes. But anyway, apparently that is a place where a ton of pornography gets shared, and apparently gambling happens. Which remember. The Communist Party also regulates pornography, so he's probably not in good graces over there. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, no, I really don't have anything to do with that. I just got a little bit crazy with my marketing. Oh, my God. There's a, there's a headline that says, Tron to be the Theranos of crypto. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. No, if wait. only somebody could have oh, been yeah. predicting that. How is that possible? Oh, Who could have known, Brent? How could anybody know? I, I feel like there I should be a board. Know. There should be a crypto basic board of call outs and like like the ones that you're like, all right, we're into this one. Oh, we don't like this one. And then like every time something, it's just like you fill in the checkbox. Like, dude, I remember like, yeah, we called it. I remember when we uh, on one of our trips, when we went to a conference, I remember we had a moment where I told Brent, like, it does feel, I definitely always think it's important to maintain skeptical, like, be skeptical of ourselves and our, and our opinions, but it does feel good over time seeing how some of the projects that we were like, nah, I don't like the way this smells. And, you know, you get a lot of flack for it. And then a couple of months later, you see, like, crazy, ridiculous things happening with that. And you're like, hmm, yeah, no, of course. How did we miss this? This is from a month ago. And it says that there was suspicion of misappropriation of funds, bribery, competitive infringement, and theft of trade secrets, and intellectual property. That's, that's a how lot. Did we mi- of- how do we miss that about Tron? Yeah. What, what do you mean? I, that was just a Tuesday. Yeah. This is, yeah. <laughs> we, we didn't miss that. We definitely talked about yeah. all of those things with Tron in the last month. Yeah. It's well, like, no, that's definitely true. It's like but. Trump. You don't get to say, like, no story matters. It's just like this giant body of, like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. Things just get kind of like yeah. buried because there's so much. Infinite scandals. Like, so much. In yeah. every direction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Speaking of which, actually, that could be a transition. Adam, you uh, wanted to have a little discussion here. So you have something that you want us to discuss. Talk to us. Yeah. So Attorney General Barr, he uh, speaking out against encryption at a recent cybersecurity conference to push tech companies to provide law enforcement with access to encrypted devices. 
And I'm just curious what everyone's takes are on this. Hmm. What is the quote, Corinne? This keeps popping up also. Those who give up a little bit of freedom uh, for security will get neither and deserve neither or something like that? What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was like Benjamin Franklin or Thomas Jefferson or something like that. But look, fuck Barr. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> He's like a corrupt moron. This is ridiculous. Would you say don't use locks because sometimes the government might have to go in your house? It just makes absolutely no sense. Pure ignorance being spewed by somebody from a previous generation who's famous for being corrupt and a cover-up artist and stuff like that. He's been involved in multiple government cover-ups. Like, why is this guy's opinion? It just not... I can't believe he was talking at a cybersecurity conference. I thought he said that just, like, at a press conference. He's he's talking at Rudy Giuliani's cybersecurity conference, probably. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Here's what I'll say. Uh, Barr, I've watched him speak because of the kind of President Trump thing, and he does a very good job of speaking and saying things that are really bad and making it not sound like he's saying something really bad. So I'll give him that. But he's saying build in a backdoor to every encrypted app, which means find a way, like if you create WhatsApp, make it so that you show people and tell them they have an end encryption, but keep a copy of the private key so that they don't. And the, yeah, no, yeah. that we sh- we shouldn't stand for that. I, I had this discussion with a with a cab driver t- yesterday, or uh, I'm sorry, a uh, Uber driver yesterday, and I just we we've said it so many times. It doesn't matter if something isn't illegal now; it could be illegal in the future. If we had Facebook in 1950, the, or even an encrypted app service that had a backdoor in 1950, think about how much racist shit would be being said by like 18 year olds at the time because it was fairly like accepted even though it was changing like it's it was significantly worse than it is today every single one of those people who was doing what is normal when they were 18 which was being racist if they were alive today in a ceo position they would lose their job the second somebody found that stuff and have major consequences because of something that really at the time they didn't need to keep private because it wasn't as bad so we don't know what that thing is going to be in the future. It will be something. And you need to respect your privacy and don't allow any government to build backdoors into your encryption. That's right. And- Do you? I actually have a um, a couple things here. So I was watching Aziz Ansari's new Netflix. Oh, that was uh, awesome. Yeah, I thought it was great. And he was talking about how he was on a show, Parks and Rec, and he was just rewatching it. And he did something like he put a nanny cam. He gave a, one a, a, one of the, the women on the show, I think Rashida Jones's character, like yeah. a nanny cam, a bear to just as a present. And then he got like caught. You know, um, with the nanny cam, it was kind of just like a little joke, uh, you know, like he's like, oh, you know, yeah. Is, and then she was like, yeah, is this a nanny cam? And he's like, yeah. And he's just saying how obviously that joke would never be written now, you know, he'd yeah. just be like, yeah, not not doing it. I'm, I'm out on that. Too out of line. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's like that was five, maybe seven years ago at the latest. And I think it's just like it's it's just a completely different world even now from not even talking about the 50s things change and and i'm curious is there a statute of limitations that should be for certain things well but this is more about public outrage and things like that so it's impossible to put it doesn't matter what the statute of limitations is right james gunn they they found like from the first year twitter existed a tweet that he said that was part of his like comedy career that was out of line and he got fired from directing his directing guardians of the galaxy three. Now given he was rehired, yeah, but, but he got allowed the, back in. Yeah, yeah. He was rehired though. So right, because public perception is what matters there, you know? Yeah. But I'm just, I just feel like there, well, I guess how I feel is I feel like there should be some sort of statute of limitations or something where it's like a, like, all right, like we can understand what the time was like. Everyone was an idiot. You know, there are certain things that, okay, like Jeffrey Epstein or whatever, like there's no statute of limitations That's for right. that, you know, but there are certain things for maybe saying some words on the internet that I think 
everyone. Uh, I, I mean, Kevin Hart, he got buried because of the Oscar. He couldn't do the Oscars because of some jokes he said a decade ago that maybe were. Yeah, maybe they were not great. But, you know, he's a he's a comedian and comedians have to toe the line sometimes. And it was on Twitter, you know. It's just some. I don't know. I don't really know what the what the fix is. But no, I, I look, get there's a difference from. between Twitter and what you're doing in private. Also, so like if you're putting it out there, then whatever. Like you do, in theory, have to face the consequences. But if I said to you in private, like, and and I've actually said this kind of shit to Adam, I'll like text him and be like, "What's up, you Jew motherfucker?" or something like that, because like we make fun of each other all the time, and he'll be like, "Whatever, you fat fuck." The things that Kareem has said to me on my voicemails are hilarious. If those were, if there was all of a sudden a back door and it became illegal to call people fat, then Kareem would be in jail. No, look, more importantly, getting back to the, and, and getting back to the main <laughs> core here, what really matters here, and this is where I agree with libertarians, and I think that the hypocrisy of somebody like Barr comes in, because these are the people that are talking about not giving government too much power. Where even like the main core here, the problem is that. We have no guarantee that these backdoors would even be used for true only law enforcement methods. We've seen repeatedly that what these powers have been used for, like in things like the NSA and in law enforcement agencies, is that these are regular people who are then given incredible power and they abuse it and that it can lead to oppression, manipulation, extortion, all kinds of things. So so the answer is no. And the fact that he doesn't like encryption, whatever, dude, encryption is going to exist, even if it's a black market for encryption. But I mean, it's just, just such a ridiculous uh, request. To, to bookend this and then we can move on. There was actually a quote by Brett Kaufman, senior staff attorney of the ACLU's Center for Democracy. And he said, there is no way to give the FBI access to encrypted communications without giving the same access to every government on the planet. Like it's, it's encrypted. It's not, you know, exactly. you can't just, you can't just give us all this information and let them get away with it. Well, the information is just there. Like if I understand encryption correctly, you could build the back door into WhatsApp, but then like any government could pressure WhatsApp to give that up or somebody could steal it from WhatsApp or figure and give out it to the them. weakness. Yeah. You're putting in a weakness. Yep. So there might even be, once you start putting in weaknesses in the system, there might be weaknesses that you didn't realize were the actual exploit because you went out of your way to reduce the security of the system. Yeah, weakness becomes a vulnerability, which becomes a hack. Yeah. All right. That is a good bookend. Like, people, please fight for your privacy. Next story that we're going to talk about is near and dear to our hearts. It is Bifinex and Tether, yet another company that likes to have deals done in the mirror. We are going to talk about their response to the New York Attorney General's allegation. But I don't know who it is. Adam? Well, I mean, yeah, this is me as well. So the general counsel who actually, uh, Stuart Hogner, he disputed the the NYAG's accusation that New York residents were using the platform for longer than stated and a lot of other things. Remember, do you remember a while back that Stuart Hogner, he actually has an affiliation with poker? Wait, and I think he used to actually represent. Um, I'm pretty sure that we covered it because I remember. I rem- remember recognizing the name. I looked it up, and he's a Canadian guy who uh, used to do. Uh, be a, yeah, he's like he's done videos for card player talking about poker legal. Interesting. Stuff. No, I, I didn't remember and that. Just all these different things. Yeah, his uh, name on Twitter is uh, at Gaming Council. Oh yeah, that's ringing and a bell so. now. I guess I didn't remember the name. Yeah, he's the International Gaming and Cryptocurrency All Attorney right. and Accountant. And it's interesting that he's actually representing uh, Bitfinex and Tether. So in this case, I know it sounds crazy, but it seems like Bitfinex is they they had some pretty strong they had a strong rebuttal, basically. Because the NYAG's accusation was that they were trading after 2018. And, or in 2018, and I know I actually specifically remember my own self not being able to like getting told I can't have a Bitfinex account anymore. And this was definitely before 2000. This was actually September 2017, 100% because I remember opening a Bitfinex account and then being told, Oh, you're American? All right, well, we got it. We, we have to no longer allow Americans. So they were definitely not like, and by 2018, 
Apparently, they had, you know, ceased operations for any American customer, but apparently they still said that New York, you know, oper- they they still had New York customers, but there's been no New York customers identified. And they said that they do not transact with any New York ECPs, which are eligible contract participants. And I'm a little hazy on maybe what that means, but I mean, I assume it's, you know, just a company, you know, a company that's kind of interested in, in doing stuff with uh, the exchanges, the exchange. And any reference to New York-based trading or virtual currency firms are referring to foreign entities. And they're also claiming they have not been proven to be a commodity. And these are all things that are going up against the AG's report a while back. So, I mean... Chime in how you will. I know that Bit, Bitfinex and Tether are not in a good, you know, not seen in a good light for the most part. But in this case, I happen to think that they have a little bit of a, the claims seem to be maybe not as well backed as thought. So since Tron had to apologize, Adam is now switched to pro Tether, apparently. And <laughs> no, here's the thing. They, from from what you summarized, it doesn't look like they've mentioned the allegations that are related to the having lending themselves money and like that kind of stuff. So, so they're responding this to what seems they like can. Parsing at technicalities, yeah. yeah, they're parsing at technicalities. So they're doing things that are right, and in a way, they're really saying like, "Hey, you're the New York Attorney General. These are all the reasons why like you can't mess with yeah. us." doesn't mean we're not printing money left to me that what this sounds like is i went and punched adam in the face and i had a boxing glove on and then adam was like you punched me in the face and i'm like you can't prove that there was any skin-to-skin contact with your face (laughs) i don't know i don't know why i came up with that particular analogy but like no no you're on analogy roll today it's all crushing it Yeah. yeah So you're basically saying that like there's there's just no way to actually prove this thing. No, they're like, like, they're like all right, a, show me one the, one the, person the that we even transacted with in New York. Just show me one. Come on. Yeah, and look, and this is this is all focusing on whether or not people transact it. Whereas like the big claim, the big like fraud claim is that they didn't have the money that they basically loaned out money to themselves, printed money, however you want to label that type of fraud. And here they're just like, well, you know, we ceased trading in 2017. And uh, also, I don't think that a customer in New York, like Brent says, parsing into technicalities, delineating where the New York attorney general has um, jurisdiction or not, and not really addressing the main claim, which is like, hey, Tether, we know you guys. Which maybe all they need to do. It's possible that if... They can't prove that anybody in New York yeah, had a transaction sure. that they have to drop this case. They might not have purview. Yeah, I yeah, definitely yeah. think this is I, the right strategy for them, for sure. It's not pro tether at all. They it's can do at this point. Pro their lawyer. Their lawyer's doing a good job. Yeah, that that's kind of what I mean. I, I agree with what you're saying, um, but technically, it doesn't seem like you know they are trying to disprove everything within New York, and New York's just like they can only do so much because. They're only New York. They're not the maybe maybe within the entire country or something else. But you know, okay. But they were trading before 2017 in New York. They're saying here that by 2017 they had stopped trading. Were they trading before that in New York? I believe the answer to that is yes. Yeah. And do we think that Tether committed fraud before that? I also think the answer is yes. Yes. I. I they may not have loaned themselves money before that, but they definitely did something wrong. Yeah. So they're like kind of nitpicking at it. Yeah, I mean they're they're defending themselves the only way that they can. It's not like they're going to stop. You know what I mean? Like they just have to go through with it here. And guess yeah. what? If you can print money out of thin air, you can get a good lawyer. <laughs> That's true. true. You can get the best lawyer. You you might yeah. even be able to get but the actual best. Not Rudy Giuliani. No, you couldn't no, get him. He's all, he's, all, he's, he's got busy. a lot of tech security companies to run. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify what eligible contract participant is. It is kind of just any corporation, partnership, uh, organization, etc., with over $10 million in assets. So that's kind of what they were, maybe they were trying to go after, you know, investment is, is that saying they're trying to go after investment companies or that they didn't go after? 
or and anything related to that is outside of New York jurisdiction. I'm so, I think it's Tether saying that they didn't transact with anybody that qualifies as that. So yeah. So th- th- I guess that's some sort of step above the accredited investor. I don't know. I, I didn't know that that was another category, but yeah, yeah. They're it's lying. For I'm the not saying that they're exchange. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're lying in any of these claims. I'm saying that they're probably lying or distorting by om- omission, deflecting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're just like, all right. First of all, you proved to me the definition of punch. If it is uh, contact with the face, I didn't do that. So the fact that Adam's nose is broken is irrelevant, and we do not. The Chewbacca defense. Yeah. The Chewbacca defense. <laughs> it's because he was dribbling the ball for so long that I just had to punch him. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, that happens. Makes sense. Whoa! I all can't right, shoot. Enough about- so. <laughs> guys, guys, no more fantasies about punching Brent. Let's right. move on to the next story. <laughs> Which, guys, okay, so this is going to be fun. I know we try not to talk about price a lot, but this is looking at a bigger picture. There's an article that came out from a Coin Metrics report. It was called the Coin Metrics State of the Network, issue number nine. We'll put a link in the show notes as usual. Abbreviated uh, as Sun. What up, Sun? What's up, Sun? <laughs> so, as I was saying, the amount of Bitcoin, guys, that has not moved or been transferred in at least five years is at an all-time high. And one of the conclusions or one of the assumptions from this report is that this seems to validate the position that Bitcoin is evolving into a store of value and not a medium of exchange. And I added the chart here so that you guys could see that this wasn't even, it's not, I don't want people to think like, oh yeah, as time goes on, more and more accounts go without moving. But no, you can see from the charts that actually... There's a relationship to price and that a lot of times when price gets really high, you know, people start moving even out of accounts that haven't moved in a while. And uh, as price kind of plateaus or goes down, more and more people just hold. And we are at an all-time high, not only in total supply, but also in percentage, even though the supply has been increasing through the new blocks. Still, we're at the highest percentage with 21% of all Bitcoin not having moved for five years, the accounts. So what do you guys think about this before I keep going? That's interesting. There has to be some sort of correlation to people dying because if they die without a plan to give their private keys to somebody, that means that those private keys are gone forever and that Bitcoin's also gone forever. Uh, There's also probably a correlation of people forgetting their passwords, but I don't know what that would look like on like a linear scale because it looks like you look at from 2009 to 2010, it went up real fast, but I guess that's probably related to Satoshi's wallet as far as not moving. Cause there's, there's a million in Satoshi's wallet, right? So we can take a million right off the top here and bring it down to closer to 3 million Bitcoin. So is there 3 million Bitcoin just outside of Satoshi's wallet? That is, I don't think that's, I mean, it, there, there's well, Brent, some percentage of hodling. I don't know what percentage is people dying or forgetting their passwords. I'll tell you what, there's another chart in here. Scroll down. The third chart is called BTC Untouched Supply. And what it looks at is how the 180-day untouched Bitcoin compares to the one-year compares to the two-year. And in yellow, you'll see the total price in USD. And again, if you look at the different... In every category, there's a clear relationship to price where like when price starts to really peak or really go parabolic, the dormant accounts wake up and you start seeing a little uh, movement. Yeah, yeah. And then and then when you see when you see like um like look, go to like where it says uh eighteen, you'll see well again put this in the in the show notes or you know put the link but it does seem as though there's an increasing amount of bitcoin that just gets stored and especially when the price is dormant and when nothing's happening and then in certain spikes you see it wake up yeah yeah i can see um, i'm looking at that now there's definitely a correlation to, to to the price you can see it it's it's absolutely directly inverse correlation so uh, whatever that percentage is, is whatever the percentage that is not part of the dying, forgetting variety. And the rest is probably that. So the upward trend is probably related to both, but I'm glad that it is becoming more of a store of value. And I would like it if it was also used as a currency, but maybe that's not where Bitcoin's headed. I mean, I know that's not where the core developers want to take it. And, you know, we're changing the message here, boys. We're not we're not peer to peer anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, in in a way it is so... The other thing I'm sure you guys have noticed 
Adam, I know that you also follow price more closely, is that there's been so much fluctuation and so much damage in all the altcoins, but Bitcoin seems to be holding strong, right? There were some price charts that show that relationship, like Bitcoin is so steady compared to everything else, even though it still swings. Yeah. And it's like sometimes when Bitcoin dips, the the things that don't recover are the altcoins. Right. And so, so I, I would also want to point out real quick, the untouched two years looks to have significantly less correlation to the price. So that it, like it's it's a lot less of a spike. Correct. Versus the untouched for 180 days or untouched one year. It's much smoother. So that's probably there's where you can probably actually find the, the likely effect of death and forgetting. Right, right. So one of the questions this report seek to answer is why is Bitcoin taking on this role? Why is it becoming more and more of a store of value? Why are five-year accounts growing? And also, um, why is it so stable compared to the altcoins? So here are the what the article proposes. Number one, U.S. regulation. So this year we saw, for example, that Poloniex, Bitrix, Binance all started restricting U.S. trading in certain markets. In June, the SEC filed a lawsuit against Kin. Remember, we covered that on the show. Yep. The CFTC is investigating BitMEX. And of course, Congress is freaking out about Libra. So the And Tron here, had to apologize. And Tron has to apologize. I'm so sorry. So I gave too much. I was too hyped. It was too much hype. Yeah, basically. I'm too immature. <laughs> uh, it's just my immaturity and my youth and my vigor. Anyway, uh, so here's the theory when it comes to U.S. regulation. All of this panic and all of this attack on trade, on specific cr- cryptocurrencies, the lawsuit, the SEC, all of that pushes traffic towards Bitcoin because Bitcoin is viewed with the most regulatory charity. And Brent, when you were doing that list of politicians and all of their quotes, I remember you saying a bunch of them saying, I yep. like Bitcoin. I like Bitcoin. Bitcoin seemed to be fine so, to them. The other stuff is not. So definitely an accurate statement that there is a better U.S. regulatory feeling towards Bitcoin. Towards Bitcoin. So that is one of the reasons. The second reason that is given is geopolitical, where heightened geopolitical tensions, this is what we were talking about earlier, Adam, as you mentioned, Iran. The idea here is that a growing acceptance of Bitcoin as a digital store of value kind of helps people. It's kind of like gold where you put it in uncertain times and we are living in uncertain times. People feel, especially the US-China trade dispute is economically hazy. Uh, There's an increased threat of oil disruption coming from the Middle East, Iran, the possibility of war. The Eurozone is looking at possible fragmentation risks again. And there's a lot of tensions in Hong Kong, for example. So all of these things that put tension and risk in the system make people seek out risk hedging bets like gold. And now that Bitcoin is taking on more and more as this like, okay, more regulatory friendliness, and also it's a store of value, then a bigger portion of the globe starts looking in that direction. So that's the geopolitical factor. And then lastly, it's macroeconomics, where all of the world's central banks, uh, the current economic situation seems to point at the fact that we're going to get more monetary easing. So specifically, if you look at interest rates, they're down across most of the developed world, Europe, North America, South America, right? Very low interest rates. There's pockets of weakness as far as how people look at the future. So you probably heard a lot about the yield curves and how you're getting an inverse yield curve. That means that people are fearful about the future. So and- a yield curve as in the people that are uh, putting money into yield more returns is lowering? So is that what that means? When the yield curve inverts, they believe basically if you're loaning out money to the government for 10 years, you should get more money than if you're loaning out money for one year, right? That makes perfect sense because you're giving them money for longer. So when the 10-year curve and the one-year curve, when they inverse, which means that you're getting more money to loan for one year than for 10 years because it's uncertain, um, then it's considered an economic indicator that a recession is coming. So there's basically just a bunch of indicators that investors believe mean that a recession is coming. But of course, if a bunch of investors believe that a recession is coming, then that makes it more likely for a recession to come. 
right? And specifically, by the way, the central banks that were mentioned in the report were the Federal Reserve, the European Central Bank, the Bank of Japan, and the People's Bank of China. They are all printing a lot of money. The Bank of Japan is buying a ton of assets, the Federal Reserve. Um, now that interest rates are already so low, close to zero, that means that they have to come up with new monetary policies, like, for example, quantitative easing or using helicopter, uh, what's called helicoptering. So all of this combined is pushing traffic towards Bitcoin, even though the rest of the space is so unstable. So I guess this report is really saying Bitcoin is, in fact, becoming digital gold, even though they don't say it like that. Sounds like a pretty good report. Yeah, that's super interesting to think about that. I did not know that that the yield rates were doing that. So that's, I mean, it's it's felt like there's a recession for a while. Maybe just feeling like it is enough to trigger it. So it's, we, we talk about this on like trading indicators and all that all the time, right? They're kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy. If everybody thinks there's going to be a recession, yeah, there's going to be a recession because everybody's going to be scared of a recession. So I don't know how much, but anyway, those are both super interesting. And yeah, that all that makes sense. I think that this is bullish for Bitcoin. I find myself, uh, sorry, I just wanted to say that I find myself seeing random things asking, how are these people getting paid for this? This doesn't seem like there's, like, it's crazy. You know, certain things, we'll say Instagram, for instance, or certain other things. Like, I don't, it feels like a lot of fakeness was created, is making value skewed. Speaking of that, Adam. I want to remind everybody that this episode is brought to you by wildfoods.co. You can get your real foods, real ingredients. You can get them really fast. You can go to wildfoods.co. You can use code CryptoBasic12. You get 12% off your order with that. We get some credit for actually sending some people to Wild Foods. They got some great coffee. They got some great cocoa butter, fish oil, all kinds of cool stuff. Go check them out. And I just was reminded that I didn't put the ad in there because, Adam, you said people were getting paid like Instagram influencers and stuff like that. And I agree those Instagram influencers should not be paid, but we should, which is why we <laughs> formed our partnership with Wild Foods. And Kareem, what were you going to well, say? Well, I was also going to correct myself because in the moment, I kept saying inverse yield curve. I didn't remember the right language. It's inverted yield curve. And that's when long-term debt instruments have lower yield than short-term debt instruments of the same quality. So just wanted to correct myself. All right. All right. I think I think we need to move. We're good on that, right? I think it. I think it's time, Adam, to to move on. That's correct, right? We don't, we don't yes. have anything in that's we, a scam. We didn't have anything in crypto around the world. Uh, although we did kind of that's a scam with Justin earlier, but that's all right. <laughs> you know, he's he's really just you know he's praying Daddy doesn't ground him right now, so, which he was already grounded. So uh, he just wants to get ungrounded, basically, literally. That's exactly what's happening with Justin. Okay. Anyway, so, I think it's time for shots fired, Adam. I think. You are the resident expert on LinkedIn. You've been really scouring that. That's your social media network of choice. Somehow we've got shots fired from LinkedIn. You want to go into that? Yeah. So I guess this popped up on Reddit and then someone just linked like said that the CEO or the co-founder of blockchain at Microsoft was like, I kind of was throwing some shade at the vice president of at IBM. Oh, uh, the old IBM and Microsoft. It's basically yeah. Brady versus Manning. I just think it's hilarious that we have the most corporate shots fired in the history of shots fired. Basically, Ramesh Gopinath. I'm sh- I'm sure the last name I'm not saying right, but he wrote this article talking about like you know supply chain and food trust and like blockchain. And he was just talking about how, like, that's important for the industry and blah, blah, blah. And then I guess the co-founder, York Rhodes, the third, he then says, I'm not sure a technical community effort is defined by these statements, colon. And in quotation marks, it says, powered by IBM blockchain and part of the IBM food trust, dot, 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 IBM food trust using blockchain technology running on the IBM cloud. When it is open source, multi-cloud and has a blockchain community contributing, come back to me. Oh, look at that shade. He hit him. He hit him with a do the math and get back to me. He hit him with the old, who used to say that on ESPN? That was, um. Who was that? Damn, I don't even remember who used to say that. 
That, that was definitely like a famous, do the math and get back to me. Anyway, so that, that that's is... pretty hilarious. Yes, I agree with I agree with him. Those those three statements do not, in fact, <laughs> do not, in fact, portray what he was claiming. So that shot, in fact, hit its mark, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. And can I also say as a quick tangent, guys, that even though I know outrage culture sucks, I hate it. And a lot of social media today, I'm not a fan of. But I do love how so much debate takes place on public forums now that everybody sees. Because like, okay, now people are seeing this. I mean, we're talking about it, right? A lot of people are talking about it because it's happening on a public forum. Whatever his response is already has public pressure. You know, I I love that. I kind of like that it's happening out in the open, everything. Yeah, I think it's, uh, well, you know, much like uh, coding and blockchain, everything needs to be open source now. Yeah. You know, so, yep. hey. Open the, source the, your opinions, the, open source your fights. Yes. Yeah, we even did that one time, Kareem. We open sourced a fight we had on the podcast one time. If you were one of the listeners who downloaded that episode, we had an argument on air that oh we weren't supposed to put on the air. Uh, our editor at the time, who was not Jason, <laughs> did not realize that she was supposed to take that out, even though we said, Sarah, take that out. And that was kind of awkward. So throwback to those of you who actually heard that. That was kind of funny. <laughs> yes. And yeah, I guess that's it for shots fired. But we uh, got the, a new the- section. Oh. oh, we do have a new section. Guys, I'm using new powers of creation to create a brand new crypto basic segment. Yes. Is this part two to part one of Kareem's fireside chats? Yes, it's part seven, actually. So it's a new segment called Does It Matter? Gentlemen, I'm going to give you some new information. And all I want to hear from you is your opinion about whether or not it actually matters. So there was a recent survey done in regards to Libra. Ever heard of it? Ever talk about it? Just kidding. I know you have. 1,799 adults were surveyed. Number one, they were asked about how interested they were in Libra. 5% of people expressed any interest. 2% said very interested. 3% said somewhat interested. 86% said not at all interested. Question number two was, do you trust Facebook? 77% said not at all. 21% said a little. 2% said a lot. So people don't trust Facebook. So here's my question to you guys. Does it matter? The public sentiment towards Libra is clearly negative. People aren't excited about it. They don't care about it. They don't trust Facebook. But my question is, when compared to the penetrative power of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, does it matter that people don't care about it or will it still just power through if they're able to release it because of how available it will be? It I'm doesn't not quite matter. The, uh, I'm not quite the expert on penetration that you are, Kareem. Brent, you're getting it you're getting it wrong. It just doesn't matter. You can't talk about penetration until you answer the question. Hmm. I was answering it. I, I, I just wanted to clarify up front how much Kareem is an expert on penetration. The <laughs> the, the <laughs> Okay. Uh, can continue, Brent. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter because all those people that just said that they don't trust Facebook probably responded to that fucking poll on Facebook. So, like, <laughs> no, it doesn't matter at all. I say it doesn't matter because it's second or third level cryptocurrency stuff. You know, I think, what are we at? One in 10 people? know about cryptocurrency or or have a cryptocurrency like have a coin now i'm not sure so it's like it's like so in order for this person to care or even know about it they need to be in the crypto space and then they actually have to be following the crypto space because it's not like the average person who's working a nine to five is just going to be using libra on the day-to-day it's irrelevant to their lives Okay, so here's where I'm going to go. I'm going to add another piece as far as public sentiment. There was one more question that said, compared to Libra, how, like how much do you trust Libra compared to Bitcoin? Now, 39% of people weren't sure. 40% of people almost had no idea. So that already speaks to what you're saying, Adam. Uh, and then 35% of people said that they trust Libra significantly less than they trust Bitcoin. So that's still the majority. And then you get into like 5%, somewhat less. 20% of people think it's about the same. 1% of people 
trust Libra much more than Facebook. So they, that was probably just Facebook executives. Yeah, and, the, the 1%, obviously, Kareem. Yeah, the literal the 1%. The literal 1%. <laughs> They're like, hmm, this Libra thing sounds pretty good. But here's the argument I'm going to make, guys. I'm going to say it doesn't matter, but for the opposite kind of sad direction. I think that those people working nine to fives and all that stuff, like I'm just thinking about, I don't know, man, people like 40, 50 year olds, 38 year olds, all these people use WhatsApp to communicate, especially with like other countries. And once Facebook puts in a payment system that they could just use easily, that's going to allow them to send money on WhatsApp and it's going to allow them to use money on Instagram and God knows what they're going to come up with then to monetize more easily. People are going to use it. I, I yeah. just can't see people not using it. They're go like how many people talk shit about PayPal on a daily basis and then continue to use it? Yeah, it's just still there. The people's <laughs> like, personal opinion doesn't matter if it produces a good, a good usable product, and that is the thing that scares me the most about Libra. Bitcoin isn't usable at all. Like it's really difficult to work a Bitcoin transaction, and Facebook might be grandma ready. So that that sucks. Libra might be grammar ready by the time it launches, and I'm not happy about that. I'm not happy about it being integrated with all their apps and everything like that. And none of the negative opinion will matter if it implements and anyone starts using it. That's the end result. Once people start using it, it probably is better than PayPal. It probably is better than uh, better than Venmo. It probably is better than Western Union. So it is going to be a good solution. It just always isn't going to be a better solution than Nano, for instance. You right, know, right. <laughs> like so. Yeah, doesn't matter that people don't trust Facebook. They're going to use it. Preach. Which is why I hope they just like don't make it or something. I don't know. Or maybe because they build the wallet, it makes it really easy to send some other currency also. Like maybe it makes it really easy to send Bitcoin or something because they make the wallet. I don't know. I don't right. know that that's possible or what, but yep. So that's it. I mean, shit. Such a bleak future. I don't even know what to think. No, I mean, it is what it is. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the main source or that it's going to have global dot, but like. I still think most of those people, they're going to use it. It could end up being good. We don't know. Not necessarily bleak. And we will keep you updated on all the Libra news as it comes by. Um, I just realized this is going to be the last flagship of the month. So it is important for me to just give a little shout out to all of our patrons on patreon that are at our masternode level or higher super important so i'm pulling them up right now i forgot to put them in the thing because i like i said i didn't do any work this week like these boys did kareem came up with a new section this is like like i said i'm pretty much never doing work again all right so again here we go these are our patrons on patreon that are helping us out the most uh we've got simon gordon who's at our masternode level there this is the the master node this is the top 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 tier right uh we've got the bigger boat who's hanging out up there and we've got robert labor to use also at that level hanging out master node around for us taking it down to the secure nodes we've got steve stapleton jeff the z-man uh degenerate brahmin this dangus in you let me see if you change the name in in, in anus it's still in my anus uh and that is our secure node layer so again thank you all you're helping keep us afloat with those donations and of course everybody at the inner circle level is also helping but part of part of their thing is not that they're going to have their name read off once a month but you will get your name read off the first time that you join and you also get your cool engine token that goes on the blockchain we will never make more of those we've got 70 of those left or something like that so go ahead and get at your patreon membership just a one dollar an episode will get you the cool engine blockchain token and I think that will be the end of the episode, boys. Anybody got any rants or anything they want to they want to talk about or? No, not not currently for me. Kareem, oh, you put Ramsey's down. Kareem's dog was uh, was was pulling a Zorro. R.I.P. Oh no, he didn't put him down. And he was he was being uh, high maintenance and barking no, yeah, in the background. Well, no, the problem, there's a thunderstorm going on. So oh yeah, yeah he freaks out. Oh, he, he got so scared. Let him come in, sit on my lap, so he can relax a little bit. So no rants. 
No rants. All right. So that that's going to wrap it up. Join our Discord. Been a lot of interesting discussion. People are really active in there right now because of crypto being important again. Like everybody's back. They're in. A lot of great suggestions. Discord, guys, we are going to get at all of those suggestions. Trust me. Uh, and we have a lot of cool stuff on the horizon. So follow us on Twitter at Crypto Basic Pod. You can even follow at Ruthless, which is Adam, at Brentity, which is me, or at Dr. Rungood, which is Kareem, but I don't know that he actually posts. So (laughs) I'd recommend following us first. And then, uh, yeah, man, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here. Kareem and Adam, thanks for stepping up and helping carry my heavy ass. It is a lot of weight to carry, I will say. (laughs) Have a good week, everybody. Peace out. We out. We out.